0: To create a listener account and in that listener account you can save episodes for later listening so you can create a kind of listening list we think these features are neat and we think you'll enjoy them please visit the site today welcome to the new books network
1: hello and welcome back to another episode of new books in japanese studies on the new books network i am jenny lee today we welcome back dr olga solovieva a scholar of comparative literature Her new book, The Russian Kurosawa, Transnational Cinema, or The Art of Speaking Differently, was published earlier this year through Oxford University Press. This book discusses the work of the famous Japanese director, Akira Kurosawa, in the context of Japan-Russia intellectual connections. Welcome back, Dr. Solovieva. Thank you so much for joining us today again.
2: Yeah. uh, Thank you for having me,
1: Janie thank you um can you tell us a bit about yourself I know you've been on this channel um, before already but for our new listeners um, what do you teach and research about
2: yeah um I'm a scholar of uh, Russian uh, literature and I'm interested in the question of how Russian literature is received in the East and west and at the moment I uh, I'm affiliated with the Center of Excellence at the University of Nikolaus Copernicus University in Tarun, Poland.
1: So and
2: uh, what do you yeah what do you currently research and teach about? Yeah I continue working on um, Russian Japanese intellectual relations and at the moment I'm working with a group of scholars from different disciplines again on a volume Uh, of contributions about uh, Japanese-Russian intellectual triangulations. If in the book Japan's Russia, uh, we talk about what happens between two cultures when they come into contact, specifically Japan-Russia, and in the next volume we're taking this encounter further and we're making more make it more challenging. And we're investigating what happens when three cultures come in contact. Yeah, the tentative title is Life Intertext. Life Intertexts, Japanese-Russian Transnational Encounters and Intellectual Triangulations.
1: That's exciting. And uh, you have been with us before to discuss your previous book, the one you just uh, briefly mentioned, Japan's Russia. And uh, this book, um, uh, the, the the Russian Kurosawa, has quite a lot of connection with the earlier book. So how did your research project develop and how did this book is extend from your previous discussion in uh, Japan's Russia?
2: Yeah, in fact, uh, the previous book, Japan's Russia, contained a chapter about uh, Akira Kurosawa's film, No Regrets for Our Youth. And this chapter was a shortened version of a longer introductory chapter in the book about the Russian Kurosawa. So the books are directly related. But uh, if in Japan's Russia, we were talking about larger intellectual tradition uh, which emerged from the russo japanese encounter in the late um, 19th century or early Meiji period. Uh, In um, uh, my book, The Russian Kurosawa, I zoom in onto a particular case. Yeah, the, the Russian Kurosawa is a particular case of um, this tradition. And I argue that Kurosawa and the phenomenon of his cinema emerges from this uh, intellectual uh, Russo-Japanese uh, tradition, which we um, discussed in detail in in the Russian Kurosawa. Yeah. the projects are directly interconnected, but I can say that the Russian Kurosawa is a particular case and this book goes into details explaining why and how.
1: Thank you. Um, personally, I have not been able to finish all of Kurosawa's um, films. I know a lot of them are available on HBO right now, uh, but for our listeners who may not be familiar, who is Kurosawa Akira, and more importantly, how was he related to Russia?
2: Yeah, Akiro Kurosawa is one of the most famous Japanese film directors who lived between 1910 and 1998. And uh, in fact, it's difficult to know all his films. He made 31 film, but only four of these 31 films uh, are based directly on Russian sources. And my book discusses these four films, uh, it is The Idiot, Hakuchi of 1951, Ikiro of 1952, The Lower Depths, Donzoko of 1958, and The Dersouzala of 1975. Um, one of his films, Red Beard, Akahige, of 1965, is an adaptation of a Japanese novel, but it includes one episode borrowed directly from Dostoevsky. However, my book uh, argues that these films are crucial to understanding Kurosawa's uh, overall philosophy, his overall ideological orientation and understanding of the world, which as a whole grows out of them. This tradition of um, Russian-Japanese intellectual uh, exchange, which was uh, a, democratic tradition of thought and um, politically was a form of grassroots democracy. Um, Yeah, his relation to Russia is actually was uh, mediated through the 19th century Russian literature, which was um, deeply uh, rooted in the Russian critical political thought.
1: Now that you mention, um, what was the historical context that allowed Kurosawa to have borrowed these inspirations from Russians' um, political and intellectual thoughts of
2: the time? Uh, Kurosawa started making his films during the wartime, and most of his cinema, uh, as we know it well, and. His most famous films were created in a post-war period, immediate post-war f- um, period, and he was active until his death in 1998. Uh, so he's a post-war um, intellectual, but um, he understands his thinking and his um, uh, his... Ideology or his philosophy, his understanding of the world is deeply rooted in a pre-war period uh, when he was growing up and when he was absorbing precisely that Russian Japanese um, intellectual, democratic, liberal culture, which was um, enormously influential, popular in Japan in the pre-war period. Uh, and then was um, suppressed and eradicated in the 1930s. And my book claims that the project of his life was to reconstruct, for the post for the post war period, the um, democratic culture of pre war Japan, of uh, democratic culture of the Show Democracy, and um, of the late Meiji period, when he was, you know, born and grown up, and which was a very liberal period in Japan. And this, you know, liberal movements in education and arts and pedagogy in in politics were very closely interconnected, as the historians have shown, with the reception of the Russian you know, democratic and anarchist thought, uh, thought of Tolstoy, Kropotkin, and uh, 19th century Russian thinkers, yeah? Uh, so this is this was the period. Yeah, it is post-war thinker who tries to bring the pre-war into the post-war, renew it, revive it, kind of re, uh, re-engage it in new terms after the experience of the catastrophic um. Um, um, Asia Pacific War in militarism. Yeah, he kind of tries to use this pre war culture as a way of rethinking this experience of militarism and to reinvent Japan on the new old terms, so to say. Yeah.
1: I guess we can take a closer look um, from the authors in his works, uh, the works of Kurosawa, that to discuss. So um, who are some of the Russian authors that inspired him? And in Kurosawa's adaptation of these Russian works, how did
2: he add his
1: own touch
2: and characteristics? Uh, Of course, one of the uh, major authors, most important authors for Kurosawa was Dostoevsky. Ferdinand Dostoevsky, he always uh, said this uh, throughout his life. And his first film, which is based on uh, a Russian source completely, is Dostoevsky's. He is his adaptation of Dostoevsky's Idiot, Hakuchi. And what Kurosawa adds is, is recontextualization of Dostoevsky's content in the post war period of recovery. Um, and through Dostoevsky, he raises a topic of the war trauma and topic of the war crimes and in this case particularly of the war crimes within the japanese army and what is interesting that dostoevsky is a 19th century author who you know of the basically noble middle class ba- background who experienced a near-death experience um, who had a near-death experience of a mock execution for his revolutionary activity. And this traumatic experience of facing a, uh, or expecting any expe- uh, uh, execution, he was already standing uh, and waiting to be executed in the row of convicts. Um, yeah, and he was arrested for his revolutionary activity. So he was waited. To, he waited to be executed, and then this execution was exchanged for um, um, for um, an exile in Siberia, for a hard labor camp in Siberia. But this experience was unique for a, a person of Dostoevsky's social background in the nineteenth century, and he created the whole body of work, of philosophical work, based on experience. Of near death. And many people in the first half of, 19, uh, of the 20th century couldn't relate to it, or especially in the 19th century. It was a very strange work which dealt with something people of his milieu uh, couldn't understand or relate to. However, after the Second World War, when civilians were bombed, where the whole cities were destroyed, where basically almost every person in Asia and in Europe knew what it means, you know, to be executed and were faced with death for for, for many years and almost daily basis, Dostoevsky all of a sudden acquired new relevance. Everybody could relate to this Dostoevsky traumatic dramatic narratives and traumatic trauma um trauma inspired or influenced uh philosophy and kurosawa used dostoevsky specifically the idiot where he discusses this experience of near death and mock execution uh, of the uh in some uh uh you know, this kind of autobiographical experience. Uh, He uses this material to deal with the experience of the Japanese war veterans, yeah, and of experience of Japanese who come back from um, prisoners of war camps and try to reintegrate themselves into Uh, Japanese society. Yeah, he takes this 19th century material and he uh, sees its relevance, new relevance for the post-war period and he uses it to indirectly address uh, the war experience, war crimes, war trauma, and war guilt. Um, So another one is Tolstoy another very important author, and um, in Ikiru, Kurosawa adapts not just uh, Tolstoy's short novel, The Death of Van Ilich, but the whole meta text of the late Tolstoy's work, uh, from death of Van Ilyich* to what is art and to the meaning of the Russian Revolution. Again, Kurosawa contextualizes Tolstoy's understanding of the meaning of life. Is the life for others in the context of post-war recovery and mourning? Yeah, Viatcheslav Kurashov polemicizes with the literature of the flesh, Nikutaya Bungako. Yeah, I show uh, in the chapter how uh, his film and parts of it constitutes a polemic with this literary movement, which was introduced by the writer Tamura Tajiro in 1947 in the wake of his reception with Jean-Paul Sartre's short story, Intimacy. The Japanese literature scholar Doug Slaymaker wrote about it in an interesting way. And I reread the film Ikiro as uh, bringing Tolstoy into a new dialogue with this new movement of the literature flash. Another important author is Gorky. And via Gorky's um, drama Lower Depths, Kurosawa participates in a post-war debate on beggar photography called Jike Shashin. Again, um, the historian of post-war Japan, Julia Thomas, has shown how this debate formed the consciousness of the um of the uh photographers of the post-war period or post post uh, occupation period uh because this debate happened in 1953 and kurosawa makes a film the lower depths which is a form of uh engaging with this japanese debate Yeah, after the occupation of um uh, after the occupation, the Japanese cultural establishment, led by the famous photographer Daman Ken, tried to introduce a form of censorship and representing the war misery, and censorship on representing especially the beggars. What Kurosawa does in response, he creates a film which is completely dedicated to representation of beggars from the beginning to the end. And he takes this material from Gorky because Gorky's play, The Lower Death, takes place in the night asylum for very poor people, for the beggars. So Kurosawa kind of adapts a classic of Japanese, of Russian theater, which became a classic of Japanese theater, but he turns it into a polemical device of representing something which the cultural establishment of his time didn't want to be represented yeah so the gorky has plays here two roles i show on the one hand he um allows kurosawa to uh, break this taboo of the cultural establishment on another hand it sh- it functions like a screen or like an excuse saying okay i'm adapting but I, i'm just ad- ad- adapting a classic of uh, Russian literature. Yeah. So it is kind of um intelligent way of dealing with this debate, but also protecting himself from accusations that he broke this taboo depicted beggars. Yeah. Uh, and of course, he depicts these beggars so that he uses the post for photography to and exactly in the formats, which Doman Ken didn't want to be used in the public art. And the last author um, about which I'm talking in the book, which was very important for Kurosawa is Vladimir Arseniev, the Russian ethnographer, uh, who was active in Siberia. Uh, Through Arseniev, Kurosawa addresses the memory of colonization of Northeast Asia, but also the memory of the Siberian internment of the Japanese army. Uh, Kurosawa's film The Soul of the was shot in Siberia in 1973-75. And again, I show how Kurosawa takes Arseniev's work, which was written at the beginning of the 20th century, but it he brings it into dialogue and contextualizes it with the Japanese. Um, Culture in Japanese experience, the Japanese concerns of 1970s, and what was happening in 1970s, uh, and which is perpetually triggered Kurosawa's interest was the work of the painter Kazuko Yasuo, who uh, uh, painted his famous Siberia series. So I interpret Kurosawa's film The so as a response. Uh, among other thing, as it is, things is a response to Kazuko Yasuo, Yasuo's work. Kazuki was a corporal in the Kwantung army and spent 18 months imprisoned in the Gulag. Kazuki had been working through his Siberian torment and guilt of the war by painting the tableau of Siberian landscapes in the style of ema kimono yeah the traditional japanese narrative scroll paintings and if you look at kurosawa's film there' so a it's really very much reminds one of um such um such tableaus yeah such scroll paintings and it can the film can be considered such cinematic version of ema kimono yeah, and also in 1972, years before Kurosawa got the invitation to shoot in Siberia, Kazuki published his memoir Vatashino Siberia, Siberia, <laughs> um, the Siberia within me. So when Kurosawa went to Siberia to shoot the Sulzala, uh his film was arriving in Japan in the context of very vivid reception of the uh, Kazuki's memoirs and memoirs of other um, veterans of the Kwantung's army and of the Kazuki's paintings, yeah? So I just wanted to uh, show how Kurosawa takes this old 19th century, early 20th century material, but he always um, reworks it and makes it into a medium of a dialogue with the debates and with the current issues um, of, in the Japanese culture.
0: slash nbn50 to get 50% off.
2: All
1: these um, books that you've uh, just mentioned are quite um, dense works, I suppose. And uh, in your previous book, um, as well as this one, um, they both feature this very important theme of an- an- anarchist democracy. So um, from what you introduced uh, just now, since war and the post-war Allied occupation of Japan was one of the common threads um, in some of Kurosawa's films, how do you interpret this theme um, through the lens of Kurosawa?
2: Yeah, um, uh, the book shows that Kurosawa owes to the notion of the anarchist democracy. Yeah, there's a democracy and democracy. Yeah, Kurosawa clearly opposed the liberal democracy of American coinage and advocated what, what we call today grassroots democracy from below for the Japanese indigenous forms of democracy, which were ro- rooted in the rural cooperatism and which were rooted in this tradition of the Japan's Russia, which, which, which we have shown in the uh, our edited volume, Japan's Russia. And one very good example of such grassroots democracy is of course the group of the women in Ikiru, yeah, who uh, advocate and try to put uh, under pressure the local government asking them to develop a playground for their children and to uh, um take care of the insanitary conditions which endanger their health and so on. But this group of women, it's a kind of a classical emblem of this type of democratic action from below as Kurosawa was embracing.
1: Now, in the book, you detailed um, several works and the ways um, that they were intertwined with either Russian literature or ideology and from the four um russian authors and um intellectuals that you introduced early can you give
2: us an example yeah i um would love to give an example and actually uh, from my first chapter uh no regrets for our youth yeah is this film is not an adaptation of a russian source but it has a very important integration of a russian allusion to uh, Mussorgsky's piece, The Great uh, Great Gate of Kiev, from the pictures uh, from an exhibit. And I'm showing that reference to this piece of music uh, and Kurosawa's engagement with this piece in the film is meaningful because it harks back to the period of 1874 when this piece was written uh, and which also happens to be the period of Japan's opening to the revolutionary Russia. The pictures from an exhibit were written in the same year when the Russian anarchist revolutionary uh, Lev Mechnikov arrived in Japan and started the culture of the Russian translation of the revolutionary populist literature. The opening of Japan to revolutionary Russia was the beginning of the Japanese-Russian intellectual tradition of descent in Japan. Which has been tr- thriving all the way into the 1930s, and then um, was suppressed during the late Sho- uh, during the showa period. So Mussorgsky was one of the same was of the same political position as Leftwichnikov. He was a democratic populist, and introducing his piece of music as a kind of leitmotif of the film in which Kurosawa uh, um, embraces the new democratic restoration of Japan is very meaningful, yeah, because it kind of shows even like the title of the piece, the, the opening of the the Great Gate of Kiev, yeah, it's as if he were literally reopening uh, again this tradition of Russian... Uh, Japanese democratic descent to which he owes his democratic position, yeah. Um, so this is a good example of how through this Russian allusion, he gives a um, subtle signal for, for, of, his, uh, of his political orientation in this post-war context.
1: Now through Kurosawa's films how would you characterize the intellectual and political connections between Japan and Russia or even um, Soviet Union during that uh, particular background
2: yeah as as we know the connections between the Russian and the Soviet state and um um in Japan, have always been strained or openly hostile. Yeah, we had Russian-Russo-Japanese uh, War of 1905. We had the Second World War, the Cold War. So, but these hostilities were produced by the governments of two countries. Uh, both countries lived for a long period of time under very oppressive regimes. And for this very reason, they also shared a strong transnational connection and affinity between the members of the descent in both countries. One can put it succinctly, there have always been bad international relations between Russia and Japan and good and cordial and productive forms of solidarity and collaborations among the dissenting intellectual and artists in both countries. And I can add that Japan's Russia uh, as a kind of a shortcut for this Russian-Japanese intellectual tradition intellectual descent, and, and also the Russian Kurosawa as the single example of this tradition. They fall, of course, into the realm of transnational relations between people, between artists, which um, were, you know, uh, channeled not through the state channels, and which deliberately were turning back on the state hostility and the unpolitics politics of uh, alienation and um um uh, uh enmity, but were um uh based on solidarity, specifically on transnational solidarity and um uh. Circula uh, and circulation of ideas and collaborations produced by um, individuals uh, who was suspicious of this type of um, uh, politics. The countries were um, leading.
1: Thank you, thank you so much for your time and for discussing this book with us today.
2: Uh, thank you very much for for having me, Jenny.
1: Thank you. We, there are still a lot of contents um, in the book that we can cover in this interview. So for our listeners who are interested, please make sure to check out this new book, The Russian Kurosawa, Transnational Cinema, or the Art of Speaking Differently by Dr. Olga Solovieva. This is Jane Lee from New Books in Japanese Studies. Stay tuned for our next episode.